Welcome to Catholic Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Alejandro Cervalli. Catholic Mindset creates Catholic contents for Catholics looking to grow in their faith. You can follow me on social at Catholic Mindset Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Catholic Mindset, where we create Catholic content for Catholics. Today we have Father Richard Bigoa. He's the main priest and in charge of St. Augustine by the University of Miami. It's right around, right around the corner there. Father, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. I always uh, enjoy talking to uh, different social media platforms and, uh, I'll, you know, introducing myself and just uh, spreading a little bit of, of who I am and, and what's going on here at St. Augustine. So it's always a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I look forward to, to uh, getting to know what St. Augustine is up to nowadays. So let's just dive right in. And uh, what are, what is St. Augustine up to nowadays? Yeah, you know, St. Augustine's is an incredible parish. It's a parish here, almost in the center of Miami. It's right in the heart of Coral Gables. It's right next to the University of Miami. It is a student center, so it it does a lot with uh, campus ministry and something that's incredible. You wouldn't think, but uh, the University of Miami has something like 40% or 42, 43% of its students are Catholic. Which that's huge. That's a this is a private university. It's a secular university, but um, a lot of students that are going to University of Miami now are Catholics, and um, and so we have a, a thriving campus ministry program here um, at St. Augustine's, and basically it, it's um, it's a ministry of the parish, and I think it's something that the parishioners that come here to St. Augustine's are is proud of. I have um, Father Leo, who is on staff here. He's a full-time chaplain at the University of Miami. Then I have uh, Michelle Lopez, who is my director for evangelization. She's also a campus minister. We have Justin Iglesias, who does music. And then something that we added this year that has just turned out to be amazing is four focus missionaries. I don't know if you know uh, what focus missionary is, but um, focus missionaries are... It are from this organization called Focus, yeah. and it's the the letters stand for Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And basically, what their um, their school of thought is, and their and their their whole thing is that they they train these young people who have already graduated from college to go back into college life and to evangelize college students, and they do it through witnessing through a way of life uh, by Bible study, by prayer. By, by going to mass, by leading small groups. So we have four missionaries this year. And so our whole campus ministry has just blown up. It's it, We saw from uh, a very decent size number of students wanting to get involved to this year. Just And I, I don't know if that's because now we're getting out of some sort of the pandemic, but uh, a lot of the students are responding well to campus ministry. So that's one of the ministries here at St. Augustine's. Um, we don't have a parochial school, so there's no school here. We have just the University of Miami. But one of the beautiful things about St. Augustine's is that uh, the people that come to Mass here, it's because they want to be here. And they bring their kids here. And it's been a great experience. I got here um, January of 2019. And, um, and it's just been, it's been a joy because... Since I got here, the first thing that I wanted to do was 
build up marriages, strengthen relationships with the Lord, help young people to find a life in Christ. And, and then pandemic hit, but then we, uh, we've been able to remodel the church. And so a lot of beautiful things are happening here at St. Augustine's. Uh, going back to the Focus Missionaries, these are, because I know Focus, Focus is a, a national right. organization. So are they coming from somewhere else or are they locals that have subscribed, are, are a part of Focus, become part of Focus and become missionaries? Yeah, it's fascinating because there's four. So there's two girls and two boys and the two girls are from Texas. The one boy is from California and the other boy is from uh, Colorado. And so... It's fascinating to me. We did uh, just a couple of days ago, we did kind of a wrap up of the year because the students are graduating. They're going to be gone. And so the focus missionaries get a little bit of a break before they get back on August 1st to start preparing for the new calendar year. But and we were doing our wrap up. And one of the interesting things is we, we talked about, well, what was some of the maybe the thorns in your side or the challenges that you had this year. And then we talked about also some of the graces and the blessings that, that the, this year, but it was fascinating that all of them kind of said, well, you know, we come from small towns and Miami is so <laughs> big and metropolitan and glamorous. And so there's a lot of challenges that maybe they didn't encounter in uh, the places that they went to college or their, their, or the places where their parents live. So that was very telling and very interesting that um, they come from different parts of the United States, but how distinct Miami is. And I think that that's true on, on many different levels. Um, And, and it's part of how do you reach this demographic? How do you reach people in a metropolitan glamorous city uh, like Miami? So. I mean, there's certainly a lot of competition, you know, for, for attention and thought, you know, yeah. there's so many things to pay attention. I think the average person I'm going to, I'm not going to just throw a number out there can only pay attention to like five or seven things yeah. can make a priority. You know, yeah, so it's I, like, agree. I agree. I think, and, you know, I think that one of the things is that um, social media as beautiful and wonderful as it is, I think that it, it's created people to have very short attention spans or that, or the type of um, thought process or attention that we're constantly looking for something else, you know, either you're swiping up or, or you're looking for another story or, so I think that when someone is, uh, is used to that, maybe church can be like that where, okay, this needs to hurry up or I need you to get my attention. Or if you don't get my attention within the first two minutes, then I'm out of here. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a fascinating world that we're living in. And um, something that I, I studied and I, I just got a degree in uh, is through, I did a degree in the new evangelization and, um, and the new evangelization is fascinating because it's a concept that while it may be new to some people or some people may hear the word new evangelization and say, well, what is that? And, and basically it's taking the same gospel message that we've been hearing for 2000 years, but then how do you make it new? How do you make it vibrant? How do you preach it with ardor and with zeal and uh, like a new take on it? And I think that 
um, using social media and different platforms and being creative around the, spreading the gospel can be beneficiary to uh, a lot of the people who are either coming to the parish or are, are looking for podcasts like yours, like yours or different uh, channels where they can stay connected to the Lord, maybe included in their prayer life or, or use it as a resource to, to, um, to have a way of life that really um, is dedicated to and committed to um, being a faithful disciple of Jesus. I'm with you. I think what I'm seeing now, the more I do this I'm, and I meet other people, and I, like I mentioned pre-podcast that I have been interviewed to two separate podcast creators, Catholic creators. One is a couple, a, a family that are sharing their family, their faith, and their friends online. And then there are another one's a priest telling short stories with his brother. They both write short stories uh, of people and they share them on the podcast. I'm meeting all these cool people and some of them are doing very well as they try to do the filters and all that kind of stuff and incorporating the faith in their content. It's fun to watch and see how creative they can get. So it's slowly but surely. Yeah, I, and I think that that's fascinating. Um, and and it's I don't I don't think it's that um, this whole oh I have something to say, but I, I think that what I'm seeing now is that a lot of people are desiring to share the good news, and so they're finding ways of doing that through these different platforms. Look, one of the things that um, after when. Uh, when COVID hit, when the pandemic hit, um, we were, it was uh, March of 2020. So I remember I had been here for a year and um, a lot of people would say, oh, Father, you should put some of your homilies on, on a podcast or um, on Twitter or use some of the social media. And I was like, you know, we'll do that. You know, we'll figure out how to do that one day. But right now I'm trying to kind of figure out um, what's going on in the parish. How can I serve the parish? And so I, you need to give me some time. Well, what happens is fast forward a year and then um, March of 2020, the pandemic hits and everything is shut down. And so we kind of had to create and learn how to be church in a brand new way, something that I didn't know how to do. And um, I remember I had announced at the mass, I said, well, tomorrow's going to be our last day. Um, there, we're going to go into shutdown. And so I had a parishioner that said, well, I'm going to bring all of my gear, my cameras, everything. You're going to be up and running. You're going to be able to celebrate mass. And we're going to reach out to all of the parishioners. I was like, wow, okay, let's do this. And then from there, just we we began creating content and different shows where people were able to come on and, and talk about the faith. It started, it was so interesting because it started off as people just, uh, by Michelle and myself were just giving updates on the parish, like town hall. This is what's going on at St. Augustine's. And, and then it, it, began, it began to evolve into more serious content. We were inviting people that were not able to travel around the country who were maybe like these great speakers. And, and so they were stuck at home. And so we were like, okay, let's, let me call you on a zoom call so that you can be on my show and we can talk about a different topic. And, and that happened for almost the whole, it happened past the shutdown. And we were, we were doing these great uh, talks where people were from the parish who felt that they were still connected to their parish, 
we're listening to a live show every single week with these great speakers coming on and talking about the faith. So, and, and, you know, and I, so I think that the silver lining of the pandemic was that we really learned how to do, um, or, or we had to learn how to be church in a different way. And I, and I think that that's stayed with us even to today. Uh, in, we're now May 20th, 22. And uh, so everything that we do, everything that we create, we kind of keep that in mind of, well, how are we reaching all of the different people that we want to reach? I have a, I mean, one comment and, and a question. The sure. comment is, I was impressed from the beginning, like, it's, you know, working for where I worked at the city of Miami when we first, our first patient zero was practically the mayor, right? And I worked in the same floor with him. So they called me and they said, Alejandro, we know you work for the mayor. Please don't come. <laughs> Please don't come. Like, I, I fully understand. I, I respect. And, I'm a, and I was, I'm a, main, I'm a main usher at one of the masses here. I'm responsible for, for the team. So they asked me not to come. And then a couple of weeks later, everything started escalating so quickly. And then here locally, the church moved online fairly quickly. So I must have missed one weekend and everything else. I was able to see it online. So I was very, yeah. I guess, proud of how quickly we were able to move digitally and not and have that celebration happening every every time. Yeah. So that was awesome. And the question is, what happened to the show? Is it still going on? So, no, the show kind of died. Um, it just it evolved to in-person Wednesday night revivals. So what happened was that we were, we, we were doing these weekly shows and then it turned into every two, uh, twice a month. And then it turned into once a month. And then it, it, it just kind of morphed into uh, in-person formation nights, which we still live stream. But, um, and then another show that I did during that time, which I'm thinking about bringing back that was pretty successful. And I, I enjoyed it a lot was I, I, I came up with a show that was called um, Bless This Kitchen. And it was basically having lunch with my pastor. So I would bring in different parishioners and we would have lunch. We'd be sitting down and we would talk. We would just talk about the faith and I would ask them about them and who are they. And people loved it because here you go to mass on Sundays and you may be standing or sitting in front of the same family or same people every single Sunday and not even know them or not even know their names or their story or anything about them. So we, we started this show, Bless This Kitchen, and people started to love it because they got to know their parishioners. And, um, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. And I'm thinking about bringing that back. Uh, some people were talking to me recently about, you know, that, that is, that, that was something that was really good for us. So who knows? We'll see. But, but like you said, you know, um, going online and uh, it, it was, it came on quickly and we had to kind of figure out, well, what's going to work and how can we reach people and how can we um, have people still feel that they're still part of this community and that they're still connected, you know? I like it. I like the idea. So you got my support, my vote you <laughs> you know, to, to go on digital. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You mentioned Wednesday night revivals. What is that? So Wednesday night revival is one of the things that one of the ideas that I've had always is that if you go to our Protestant brothers and sisters, they they do um, 
they're they're really good about creating community and having different nights in their um, worship space to bring people together and to love the Lord and to serve him and just to get to know him more. And one of the ideas that I've always had is how can we bring Catholics on a Wednesday night? Um, because I always tell them that we have to do more than just come to mass on Sundays. We have to do more. We have to engage our spirit life. And just like we go to the gym every day and we're, we're training our bodies and we want to feel healthy and feel good. I think it's the same thing with our spiritual life. If you're not doing it every single day, then it's, it, there's going to be problems and there's going to be a deficit. So um, I always tell people, just like you work out and you eat every day and you shower every day, well, you got to pray every day and you got to come to the Lord and you got to spend time with the Lord. And so one of the things is that if we could do these Wednesday night revivals where we bring in a, a dynamic speaker and we get people to think and to um, to kind of maybe convict their hearts to change their ways and to come around and to find other resources and other structures and disciplines in their lives, then we're growing in faith. And one of the beautiful things that, that we feel here at St. Augustine's is that we're all growing together and we're all walking on this same journey together. And that that's pretty amazing when the whole community can feel that we're all in this together and that we're all walking uh, this way of, of faith together. I like, I like how you mentioned that um, going to mass is an important part, but it's, 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 we need to do more. It's not enough. We need to do more yeah. to grow in our faith. So, and I say the same thing to, to my friends, like mass is good. Yes, but we have to do more. And I wanted to ask you, since we have you on the show, uh, what, what are some of those things that we could do on a daily or on a weekly, like some minimums that you recommend that we could do to help grow in our faith? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I always tell people that it, that we have to pray. One is spend time with the Lord. And either you do that in the morning or in the evenings, but preferably you do it all all throughout the day. But one specific time in the day where you spend a good chunk of time and you just spend it in prayer. That's one thing. And then another thing is tapping into some of these other resources that help you stay in line. Like I, I do this um, rosary uh, that I put in my car whenever I'm in my car, I stick it in because I enjoy it. And so how do we find things that we enjoy that continue to help us to pray, to stay connected. So praying, saying the rosary, doing different devotionals that we love. If you're able to go to daily mass, go to daily mass, or you go make sure that you're going to mass on Sundays. But then what's key to all of this is connecting to a community that you love and that you enjoy. Because if you're connected to a community, they're going to hold you accountable and you're going to grow. A lot of times, I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I'm in a funk. I can't get out of this. I can't get out of that. And I say, well, are you praying? Well, like, no, not really. Are you going to mass? No, I haven't been to mass. Are you connected to a community? No. And so we have to step out of ourselves and force ourselves to create structures that keep us in the ways of the Lord and in a spiritual life. Just like we 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 do a diet or we do a budget for our finances, whatever it is, is that you're creating structures to really help you grow in the ways of faith. It's not going to happen automatic. And we, and I always tell people it's, you got to see this as a relationship with a person. We got great philosophies, uh, uh, all of the, 
it's not about that. It's not about the teachings where, where it is. It's important. Those things are important, but the most important thing is that we come to find out that our faith is a relationship with the person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Once you do that and you really build your life on fostering that relationship, then it comes together. I like it. So we have praying, we have looking out for resources that we can, that we'd like. There's so much out there. Um, like the Rosary Idea devotionals, daily mass possible, connecting with the community. I like that because it is true. And we have our job to hold each other accountable too, right? So I like that. And working on some sort of structure, especially nowadays where we're competing again, you know, with so many, so many things pulling our attention. Yeah, so exactly. I, I like right. that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, you know, and another thing is to, to learn about your faith. Why do you, why do you love the Lord? Why do you, why are you Catholic? someone challenges you, oh, especially in, in a very um, uh, aggressive kind of um, secular world where it looks down on the faith or, or the faith is misunderstood, that you need to be able to ready, be ready to defend the faith and say, well, I'm a Catholic because of this, or these are my, my values, or this is what I believe, or this is what the church teaches, um, to be able to defend it. Um, and, and when you're able to defend your faith, you grow in faith. I want to I want to touch on marriages. You mentioned that when you first arrived to St. Augustine, one of the things you like to work on is on on marriages. So what are some of the things that you that you work on? Yeah, you know, um, I and as I mentioned before, it's one of those things that I've been really trying to um, to work on here at St. Augustine's is to strengthen marriage. I really believe that if you can strengthen the marriages, then you're going to have very healthy uh, communities and, um, and that's the bedrock of all society and all of communities. So, um, one of the things that I did when I first got here was to change the marriage preparation process. So whenever a young couple says, Oh, I'd like to get married. Then they, they come in and we say, okay, this is what you need to do to be able to get married here at St. Augustine's. And I tell them, if you want me to marry you, you need to be, I need to be able to see you at mass every single Sunday. Mm. And if I don't give you communion, you need to, at the end, when I'm outside saying hello to everybody, you need to be saying, Oh, um, Oh father, how are you doing? Cause I need to see you at mass every Sunday. And, um, and then, so we, we created this really beautiful, um, process where they, they meet with another marriage couple. They're signed a, a mentor couple where they go to their home and they meet with them two or three times. And, uh, and then they, they meet with me like two or three times and they do this fully engaged and they do uh, uh, a different, they do a retreat. They do uh, the NFP course. They uh, so there's, and there's a, there's a theology component to it. So they have to watch a couple of these series that we have them watch. And then they discuss that with me. So it's not just, Oh, let me get married sign me up what day is the the day of the marriage and and what no it's a whole process of really getting to know them and then hopefully through the process to get them to understand that christ has to be number one in their lives that going to mass and having a life in in the lord is going to save your marriage it's going to enrich your marriage it's going to make you much happier because 
there's going to be challenges. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be difficulties in marriages. And a lot of people think that marriages are just automatic. Well, it, marriage takes work every single day. And so if you have these tools, you have these resources. And then another thing that we do here is that we do date nights. Like once a month, we, any couple, I don't care if you were married two months or 50, 70 years, come to a date night. We have food, we have talks, we have different dynamics that we do that are fun. And it's a really great experience for, for that couple, because I really believe that, that, that couples need to spend that time together, but also in, in a time of prayer and, 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 and a togetherness where they can really share the faith. I like that date nights. Yeah. Date night 10. And so we've always, we've been trying to do a lot to, um, to help couples understand their vocation and and what the Lord really is calling them to. I like it. I like it. Awesome. It sounds like you have a very good active church. So that's always it's a good. very active church and there's a full plate, but I love it. And uh, and I'm always thinking, how could we do more? You know, how do how do we bring more people on board and how do we get people on fire to have that zeal to love him and to serve him and to know him and uh, and that, that's the goal, you know? Love it. I have one more question for you. I know that we're running sure. out of time. Um, what is your favorite part about the Catholic faith? About the Catholic faith? I would say um, the universality of it. I, I don't know if you've ever been to Rome, but if you go to Rome and you're there at the Vatican and you get this sense of, wow, we are all in this together. We are brothers and sisters. And one of the beautiful things about reading the Acts of the Apostles during this Easter season is that you really get a, a, a really beautiful awareness of that early church and everything that they went through. And, um, and so that's, I, I think that that's one of my favorite things about being Catholic is the, that universality of that. It's, it's all of us. And, and just from the gospel of this past Sunday, where the Lord gives us a new commandment to love one another. And, um, we come to that realization that we need to be brothers and sisters and that we need to uh, have a, a life in Christ and, 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 and the church provides that and receiving the Lord in the Eucharist and, and getting that nourishment and that, that, that what sustains us for, for the journey is going to help us to be beautiful people who uh, have a great relationship with the Lord, who are able to bring others to know him. So, Wonderful. No, thank, Father, thank you. I normally ask my guests to start off with a prayer, but since we didn't do that, can, we, can you close us in a closing prayer? Yeah, of course. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we've spent together. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. We ask you, Lord God, to help us to draw closer to you, open our hearts, open the ways, Lord, to, to get to know you better and to serve you and that our witness, the way that we love you and the way that we love others may draw others to come and to, to know you in a deeper way. And we ask this through your holy and blessed name. Amen. Father Amen. Father, Amen. Father Vigo, thank you for joining us on the show and sharing your story. And of course. Thanks for having me, Alejandro. Take care. God bless. <laughs>